0: welcome. Great to see everyone. Great to be here in the house of the Lord. Amen. We are uh, here to worship the one true King, our Savior, our God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who left the 99 to pursue the one. Amen. Join us as we sing Reckless Love.
1: Before I took a breath You breathed your life in me You have been so, so kind to me Oh,
2: the overwhelming Of it. still you give yourself away all oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God.
1: for me You have been so so good to me and I felt no worth You paid it all for me Yes You have been so so
2: overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, needs the night. I couldn't earn
1: it, I don't deserve it, still you give
2: yourself
1: away.
3: Coming after me Snow the shadow Snow shadow you won't light up Mountain you won't climb up Coming after me Snow wall you won't kick down Lie you won't tear down Coming after me Snow shadow you won't light up Mountain you won't climb up Coming after
2: me no so wall you won't kick down Lie you won't tear down Coming after me Oh, the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless
3: love of God Oh, it chases me down Fights till down, Leads the night behind I
1: couldn't
2: earn it I don't deserve it you give yourself away, oh the overwhelming, never-ending,
3: reckless love of God.
0: We're going to teach you a new one. It's pretty simple. It's called The Passion. And uh, I'm going to give you, a, I'll give you a verse. I'll give you a chorus. i will give you a taste of the bridge. And then you'll all be experts and we'll sing it together. So the verse goes like this.
3: The passion of our Savior The mercy of our God The cross that leaves no question Of the measure of his love And here comes the chorus Our chains are gone Our debt is paid The cross has overthrown the grave For Jesus' blood that sets us free Means death to death and life for me. Here's the bridge. I give my whole life to honor this love by the Lamb who was slain. I'm forgiven, the sinner's Savior. Crown him forever for the Lamb who was slain. He is risen. You guys got it?
0: Yeah, alright. Well, I hope the three of you that got it sing really loud. Here we go, the passion.
2: To. Mm. By the Lamb who was slain, I'm forgiven. The to Savior, crown him forever. For the Lamb who was slain, he is risen. my whole life.
0: Did that pretty well.
3: You give life, you are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. And great are you, Lord. It's your breath. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise We pour out our praise It's your birth In our lungs So we pour out our praise To you only You give life You give life You are love you bring light to the darkness You give hope, you restore Every heart that is broken Great are you, Lord It's your breath in our loss So we pour out our praise to you only. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, great are you, Lord. It's all the earth. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, great. All the earth. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath. in our hearts so we pour out our praise to you me. amen
0: we're going to sing uh, so will I every time I sing this song I'm convicted I figure why should it just be me So, um, and I don't think it is, I don't know, I I often, the song is a call to action, it's a a call to respond to what he's called us to, and to uh, actually live as the people that he created us to be, and I often am not that guy, honestly, I mean, I feel like uh, I'm pursuing some, you know, version of the American dream with a little bit of Jesus peppered in occasionally, you know, you ever feel like that? If you don't, maybe you should. <laughs> um, I don't know. We, uh, every time I sing this song, I'm just moved to want him more and live for him more and desire him more and know him more. And um, I don't know. I hope you are too. So will I.
3: a hundred billion galaxies are born In the vapor of your breath the planets form If the stars were made to worship, so alive. I I can see your heart in everything you've made Every burning star, a signal fire of grace If creation sings your praises, so will I God of your promise you don't speak in vain No syllable empty or void For so once you have spoken All nature and science Follow the sound of your voice And as you speak A hundred billion creatures catch your breath Evolving in pursuit of what you said If it all reveals your nature, so will I I can see your heart in everything you say Every pain painted sky, a canvas of your grace if creation still obeys you, so will I So will I So will I, so will I. Stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. The wind goes where he send it so alive If the rocks cry out in silence so alive If the sum of all our praise it still falls, shy Of salvation, you chased down my heart through all of my failure and pride. On a hill, you created the light of the world, abandoned in darkness to die. And as you speak, A hundred billion failures disappear Where you lost your life so I could find it here If you left the grave behind you so will I I can see your heart in everything you've done Every part designed in the work of art long enough If you gladly chose surrender, so will I I can see your heart a billion different ways Every precious one, a child you died to save You gave your life to love them so light Like you would again a hundred billion times But what measure could amount to your desire You're the one who never leaves the one behind
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you didn't leave me behind. Thank you that you continue to pursue each and every one of us. Help us to live as though we're aware of that and uh, (laughs) run right to you. We need your grace. We need your mercy. We need your truth. Pour your spirit out upon your sons and daughters this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, Kingdom Kids. You are dismissed. Jay Luna, would you mind uh, leading us in prayer? Awesome.
4: How the ushers can come forward, I guess. Um. (laughs) Let's pray. Heavenly Father, these uh, words and these songs ring true because they are true. Um, They're based on your word, the word uh, which you breathe out of your uh, mouth uh, to create, just like you did with Adam, just like you did with all life. You spoke uh, the world into motion, and there it was. You spoke us into creation, and there we were, Lord. And uh, if we don't praise you, Lord, the rocks and the mountains will. And we're thankful that you are the Lord that uh, thinks your nature is so much that you think of us, all things big and small, Lord, that um, you thought of us to create us, Lord. So we just pray that you teach us how to turn around and turn that upwards, Lord, towards you and lift that up as a sweet aroma to your nose uh, in praise, Lord, this morning, that we may declare your name mighty. We may... um, Appeal to your sovereignty, your goodness, your mercy, your grace this morning, and Lord, that we may say, "Be the God of us, be our Lord's." We thank you for your Son. We thank you for Calvary, Lord. We pray, Lord, that we may grow, grow closer to you in the grace and knowledge of your Son Jesus Christ. We ask that you take this uh, these uh, tithes and offering, Lord, and you do um, what you want for your kingdom with them. That they may build the kingdom. The kingdom may grow, Lord, and that your will be done here in harmony. And that your people here in this congregation will um, seek your will daily. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, your son.
0: How's everybody doing? Sweet. I've just got a few quick announcements. First, we're thrilled that you're here. If you're a guest with us, uh, we would love it if you would grab the little card in the pouch in front of you fill that out. And drop it with one of these folks or in the wooden box on the right on your way out. Uh, Young at Heart, Potluck Dinner, October 26th. Sign up in the foyer. Uh, we have a membership class forming soon. Uh, if you are interested in membership, please contact Jody at the church office for info. Awana, open to children all ages, or not all ages, ages 3 to 18. Wednesdays, 630 to 8. We are currently looking for a volunteer to lead games. If interested, please see Nikki Clore or Jennifer Simons. If you are reading the Daily Bible, you should be up to page 1477 or on November 18th in your e-reader. Please see your bulletin for additional announcements. I did notice in the bulletin that the fish fry, there's not a time next to it. Does anybody know what time that is? 5 to 7.30. Question answered for the person that asked me that. PJ.
5: One person, I noticed, yeah. Totally get that. No, that's not quite what I said. Good morning, everyone. Okay, it's going to be one of those days, I can tell. Actually, I would like to ask for a couple of us to exercise their priesthood and pray. Would that be okay? I mean, are you allowed to pray in church? I would hope so. I'm feeling quite uh, not right. So I know some of you want to say you're never quite right, but physically. Uh, so if I could have a couple of volunteers just to commend us to the grace of God today, that would help. Mr. Bozick, you're one. Somebody else? we got to balance the room here. Ma'am, would you be so kind? Stand and pray loud so everybody can hear you. Uh, I didn't say anything. Just hear our prayer, Lord. Dear Lord, we are so. Yeah. Um, So
6: so we pray that you would help us to get ears to listen today for the things that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
5: Yeah, we are dependent upon you, Lord, as we sang this morning. It's your breath in our lungs. Whether people are grateful or not, whether they're thankful, whether they understand that their next breath and their next meal, their next good night's sleep, their next place of shelter, whatever it happens to be, God, is from your great hand of mercy. You who sustain the universe and you sustain our world and you show mercy... Uh, way beyond what we deserve. And, uh, Lord, we sang about that a little bit, and it's only really your children who get that when the lights come on, and we recognize you were the innocent one put to death. We're the guilty ones who walk out free. It's just completely not right, except it is, because you've ordained it so that we can have forgiveness, we can have redemption, we can have life eternal, But not just that, life abundant. Lord, we ask for your help today. We ask you to push back on our adversary who still, I believe, has a stronghold here, and I'm asking you to smash it to smithereens in the name of Jesus. Break through by your spirit, help your people move forward, and recognize that there is this profound working of your spirit available on our behalf. So today we commend our way to you. We thank you for every guest who's with us, anybody who's wondering about this thing called Jesus uh, followership. And um, may may they encounter as they rub shoulders with us some of us who are in dead earnest about that and that they may be attracted to the one that we worship and give thanks to because he rescued us from the pit. I'm grateful, God, for the life that you've given us. Grateful for what you've done in my life. Um, And as uh, some of the early saints used to pray, I pray this for myself, and maybe my brothers and sisters would agree with me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Give us mercy today, and we'll thank you. In the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen Amen and amen. Uh, If you want to follow along what I'm uh, sharing today, and you want to make sure that I'm not making it up, because I'm not, It's in this book that's in the seat in front of you on page 1194, 1194. If you don't have your own Bible and know your way around it, you can use that. Turn to 1194. Otherwise, open up to Titus chapter 2, if you would be so kind. And um, again, if you're visiting or you're new or you're wondering uh, what I was mentioning... We would be happy to explain to you why churches like this should exist. It's not why they always exist, but they should exist wherever they are, wherever you gather with them to maintain and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ's name and exalt it and help people to know that he is the only way of salvation in all the earth. There's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. That's not politically correct, but it is the truth. Oh, three people are really excited about that. Is Teddy here today? Well, he ruined everything then, because last week I got a question on my Hawkman version, which we're skipping over. Don't put that up, so we're all good, uh, about my paraphrase that I did. And he had a good question. We're going to save it for when he comes back. But let me just say this. I have always been one to uh, invite questions, because then I know I'm scratching where you have an itch. So uh, don't be bashful about that. And I get concerned about it because sometimes I think, and I'm just going to pick on a little category of people. You've been a Christian a long time? Anybody been a Christian for more like than more like 15 years or something like that? You can't be. You're not old enough to be. Oh, well, yes, you are. Okay, so you know what happens? We start to think this. Yeah, I, I know all that. Right? I know all that surprise no you don't so i love it when people are hungry and they express that kind of hunger so i wanted just to encourage us that if you think that cuz i know i know there are people here today they've been in this church a long time they tune me out as soon as i start talking i already know it all so i just want you to take that to heart all right seek out the lord on that okay everybody all right with that oh we're mad at him now okay sorry told you, I'm not feeling very well. I don't know what's going to happen this morning, so you better fasten your seatbelt. Okay, today's message, just say no. All right, let me read the passage to you, if you would. Follow along with me. Verse 11 of chapter 2, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, to everyone who is interested, to everyone who's interested Last verse of the chapter. These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Huh. I'm going to have to save that verse for another time. We're going to have to come back to that because that has very profound implications when you think about it. And we started teaching in Titus because we wanted to introduce the reestablishment of elders and spiritual leadership in our church tonight. Tonight. Our council meets for the first time. If you're one of those people invited, I can't wait. It'll be fun. Six o'clock in the boardroom. See you then. We're hoping to provide good, solid spiritual leadership for our congregation. That's a good thing. And Titus talks about what, what is involved in that, what's necessary for leaders, and what's necessary for congregations in response to their leaders. So we'll save that for another time. But my title today, just say no. Some of us have been around long enough to remember these days. I'm going to put a picture up here. Anybody remember her? Yeah, some kid came up to her on a visit somewhere and said, uh, this is Nancy Reagan for those of you who are in the, you know, 15 or below crowd. Um, Little child asked, what do I do when my friends ask me to smoke marijuana or use drugs? And she said, how easy can it get? Or is it? Yeah. Have we noticed that just saying no didn't work too well? We're in the midst of an epidemic, right, of drug misuse, abuse. And so uh, just saying no, not always so easy. But there is some truth in this in, in terms of what I make up my mind to do. There is some truth in it. So it doesn't work just to say, oh, well, just say no, but today I'm going to just say, just say no, (laughs) okay? But I am going to flesh it out for us a little bit if I could. And where I want to begin is where I left off last time, I was talking about the standards of leadership. I was talking with Dr. Dennis Ashley. Everybody know who he is? He's our Bible teacher here at the school, and uh, he's been interim pastoring and doing uh, guest speaking. He's gone today, otherwise he would be here speaking elsewhere. I was chatting with him, and we were talking about the standards for eldership, for leadership, and he said what that is communicating as we were in agreement. I just want you to know he and I were in agreement, so he's right. Uh, That the standards for leadership are what we are to look at for our sake. Oh, that's okay. You know, pastors have to live that way. Thank God I don't no if you're a follower of jesus no it's for all of us right so those are principles that are available for all of us to get worked into our lives that's what he had in mind so last week we were looking at the virtues remember the virtues we could have looked at the negatives i didn't take time whether he's not to be a drunk or a striker pugilistic he's always looking for a fight that kind of that's all negative so i was turning to the positive and the virtues Here's what we saw in chapter 1, verse 8. He must be hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, and self control I don't want to be redundant and go back over all of it, but those two words, sensible, sophron that's the Greek word, and it's going to come out a whole bunch of times today. Sensible, orderly, sensible actually can be translated as the last word is translated. I have a, well, I have a little doohickey here. Yeah, this works. Here we go, there. That word is a borderline synonym with this. Self-controlled, sensible, can be translated as self-control. One who has their passions or desires under control isn't out of control, if you will. That can apply to all kinds of things, not just drugs or alcohol or the big problem areas of our culture. Self-control involves my appetites. Self-control involves the use of my tongue. That's a big challenge, isn't it? Years ago, I chose to memorize. Don't put me to the test today because I'm not navigating on all thrusters. But um, I memorized the book of James. Anybody ever read the book of James? Third chapter, brutal, right? Brutal. If any man can control his tongue, he's perfect. (laughs) Anybody in the room? I I got that. Nobody does really, but there are some people who are better at it than others. You know, if any man controls his tongue, he's that's a that's a form of self-control, of having saffron sensibility in my life. So we looked at that last week and talked about those, those two words, that this is a quality that we look for in the life of the believer. And we also mentioned that when Paul was preaching the gospel and he had the opportunity to speak before kings and authorities, in one case he's speaking in front of um, a great leader, Felix, in the Roman world, and it says this, as he was discussing righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Did you catch that? Righteousness, there are standards of what God thinks is right. There's what people think is right, and then there's what God thinks is right. I think it's smarter to be aligned with what God thinks is right, because ultimately he's going to have the final say. Self-control, how do I become righteous? How do I get this into my life? Part of it, if it's manifested in my life, righteousness is imputed. We'll talk about that in a minute, but it's also experienced. Self-control comes into the equation and the judgment to come because they're connected. Receiving the gospel, receiving the righteousness of Christ as a gift. That's how you get squared away with the living God. You understand that? You don't earn it. Oh, if I get self-control in my life, then I'll be accepted by God. That's not how it works. You're accepted by God because you receive the righteousness of God, what he has provided for you by his death on the cross for your sins. So you receive that. And then he begins to work the fruit of the Spirit into your life. And by the way, we also referenced that last time. The last thing on the list of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. That's part of the work of the Spirit in my life. And eventually, I'll answer for all that I've done in this world, including if I become a Christian, whether I've made use of that work of the Spirit in my life, and I will be rewarded accordingly. I won't lose my salvation, but I'll be rewarded accordingly. Right, class? Okay, I'm just checking. All right. So, that... Context was where we were last time, talking about this manifestation of Christ working in my life in terms of sensibility, self-control, a change. So the virtues are one thing. The gospel is where it all begins. And look at what the gospel says here. For the grace of God, the passage we just read, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. And what does it say? It instructs us. Here's the gospel. It has appeared. How did it appear? Jesus came into the world, right? Died on the cross, was buried, raised again. He's gone back to sit at the right hand of the Father. He's praying for us. Can you imagine? I have to remind myself of that. On a Wake up, Hocko. Jesus is praying for you right now. And I'm not paying much attention. Anybody ever feel like that? You lose track of it, right? We lose track of it. Is he really for me? Yes, he is. And one day he's coming again. But historically, the grace of God, the gospel has already appeared, bringing the offer of salvation to all men. And here's what the gospel looks like in our shoe leather, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires. The word worldly desires, desires, epithumia, means passions, sometimes translated, old King James, lust. Ooh, what an ugly word. But lust isn't just about porn or something like that. Lust is all the passions we let get out of control, right? It's a word for passion um, that can be good or bad, but it, more often than not in the New Testament, it's used on a negative inclination. Instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires. Let me read to you a retranslation of that from the scholar who wrote in the New International Critical New Testament Commentary, which, by the way, is one of the best. If you're interested in knowing what your Bible says, uh, picking up some copies of that would be worth your while. Um, His name is Towner, Dr. Towner, and he's a lecturer at St. Andrew's University in Scotland. Here's how that line goes, the opening. The grace of God has appeared. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Here it comes. It teaches us to say no. (laughs) Wow. Because that's what it's saying. The gospel teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Isn't that great? Just say no. The only thing I would take away is the just, because it's not always so easy to just say no. Have you noticed that? First line of
6: defense.
5: Yeah. What? Say no. Say no. First line of defense. So here's what it is. Instructing us. It's the word pideia, which from which we get pedagogy. When kids were raised in the Greek culture, there was somebody, usually a slave, who was like, Household manager who would be in charge of the children, especially boys, and they would be trained, educated. They would be taken for classes and lessons and also taught moral values, slapped on the wrist when they did what was wrong. They were corrected. It's the way we raise children. It's what we should once did, whatever. That's part of what's involved. So it teaches, the gospel trains us to say no. To refuse what is wrong. And again, to be sensible, Sophron, again, self-controlled, Sophron, and live righteously. How do I say no? Well, there's a hint when Jesus started preaching the gospel. I love this. In the gospels, you'll read this, Matthew chapter 4. From that time, Jesus, this was after his... By the way, don't read it. Kind of hard when it's up there, right? Like, sorry, that's my fault. Sorry, Ryan. This guy's so fast. Um, this was right after Jesus was tempted by the devil. And we read that, well, that's Jesus, and not the same. Jesus resisted the enemy in the power of the Spirit, the same spirit that's available to you. So, oh well, he was God. Now, nah, that, 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 that. He resisted. He said, no. The enemy came, do this for me and everything will be fine. No. If you go this way, you won't have to go through the cross. He said, no. Just say no. So here's what Jesus says. At that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Metanoia. Some of you have been around long. You've heard that word before. It's the word for repentance. Here's what it means. It's not complicated. It means I changed my mind. So I used to live up in my wife's hometown, Oneana, and made friends when I was interim pastor for three years. That was a long interim. Yes, I was. I was an in- She usually straightens me out, but I got her on that one. Okay, so it's interim assistant pastor for three years alongside another brother we had a wonderful time made a lot of friends and a lot of people there there were some school teachers and what they would do to make extra money was paint houses during the summer break they have more patience than I do that's for sure so there's a story that went around and I don't know if you if it got kind of famous so I don't know if you heard this there was a guy that was painting houses And what he would do to save money is he would water down his paint so he could get more and save some bucks. And he painted the houses. And then like three months later, after a good rainstorm, it starts shedding off the side of the house. And this complication just came. And then it's like five customers had the same thing happen. And so they... Gathered together and together they filed a lawsuit And they had this guy pinned against the wall He's freaking out He doesn't know what he's going to do He finally decides to do what all human beings should do When they're in big trouble He looks up and says, okay God, what should I do? Get me out of this And a voice came and said Repaint you thinner (laughs) That's really not a true story Just so you know Repaint, you thinner. Because listen to what what the definition of repentance is. You might think, oh, I got to run down to the altar. (laughs) You know what? I'd welcome a little of that. Because I think sometimes we need to. But that's not what repentance essentially is. I have a serious change of mind and heart about a previous point of view or course of behavior. To change one's mind. Yes, it can include feeling remorse or repenting, but it means to change my mind primarily. To perceive afterward, literally like the the meaning behind it, to perceive afterward. You do something, you step aside, you know how you look from outside in and you go, what did I just do? And the light comes on, if you will. You recognize that you're wrong. So, the last part of the definition predominantly from a religious or ethical change in the way one thinks about actions. And so, it can mean even conversion, because that's what conversion is. Unless you repent, become like little children, and are converted, you will perish. That's what Jesus said. I changed my mind. I used to think this was. The, I used to think the drug culture was the way to go. The free love culture was the way to go, which has saturated our world today. We don't even remember that that was a radical turn in our history that went sliding downward, and now it's just normal. We think that's the right. And all of a sudden, oh, I could have had a V eight. You're not old enough, anyway. Hey, I could have had a V eight. I turn around. I go. I was wrong. I need to go this way. I need to go the way God says is right. That's what metanoia, repentance, really is. Jesus saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is right next to you. Scripture goes on one more place in this passage in Titus. It says at the end of the passage in verse 14, He gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good works. He's in the process, and by the way, um, some of the imagery behind this comes out of the Old Testament, which, of course, Paul was a scholar. He had a Ph.D., what would be, in, uh, in Old Testament knowledge. And he's referencing the fact that in the Old Testament you had rituals to purify things and sanctify the tabernacle and all of that, and that this happens to us positionally when we're in Christ. He has, in fact, redeemed us from every lawless deed. He is, in fact, and has, in fact, purified for himself a people, set us apart, uh, covered us with the blood so that we're now clean and holy, right? And anointed us with the Spirit, the oil that consecrated all those objects in the temple. He has done that for us, but here's what it tells us. He has this desire to have this special people. That's what we lose track of all the time. We forget who we belong to. We think we run our own life. We own our own life. We have total, absolute autonomy. You do. And you can miss out on the blessing of what he has in mind for us. People for his own possession. And where does this come? Zealous from good deeds. Zealous for good deeds. It comes from within. The Old Testament context, you had laws to follow. In the New Testament context, you have the Spirit inside you and you fulfill what God had in mind in His Word because it comes from the Spirit, it comes from within, zealous for good deeds. Which means the process we're talking about of just saying no, embracing virtues, and denying wrong desires Choosing to repent, to change your mind about it Is a process that actually gets that purifying demonstrated in my life It starts to change me I've been kind of a fanatic on this subject for five years You know, a fanatic can't change his mind and he won't change the subject And that's me Because I'm called to be a shepherd I've tried to do other things I've tried other things in the kingdom, I'm talking about a call to ministry. I say, oh, maybe I'll do this. Maybe. Every time God puts me back in the pastoral role, and as a shepherd, the thing that weighs on my heart continually is that my people are conformed to the image of the Son of God. That they look more like Him. And so many churches don't look anything like Him. We want to see that happen. To redeem us from lawlessness... What's lawlessness in the believer's life? Most of us aren't out stealing, although some of that might happen. Uh, you know, Most of us probably aren't You know, regularly using illicit drugs or something like that, but some of that might be happening. That would be lawless, that's for sure. But for the believer whose heart is to be like, have the virtues like the elder or our elder brother Jesus, think of all the things that we harbor or act out on in our lives, gossip, inner lust, resentment that we harbor, that becomes hatred, competition. There's none of that around here, is there? Competition. Hmm. Stubbornness. Control. It's got to be my way. Yeah, there are people who, I mean, it's amazing how how easily we can disqualify ourselves from the privilege of walking in the Spirit and being part of kingdom-forward motion just because we have let those kind of things. Those are lawlessness in the believer's life, and we are not just saying no. By the way, the word purification, purify, to purify for himself, is the word from which we get catharsis. Yeah you ever have a catharsis moment? So get all cleaned up. Yeah, confession's good for the soul. Remember last week I mentioned this is the business of conforming us to the image of Jesus. Mel Lawrence wrote in his book, Spiritual Formation. It's the progressive. It's not instantaneous, okay? Some people get a radical turnaround. My conversion was radical. You know that. I've told you that before. I was not, oh boy, did I have a lot to learn. It was a radical turnaround, but I had plenty of progressive transformation ahead for my life. 45 years worth. I would think by now he should be done, don't you? I kind of wish he would be done, don't you? No, I mean, no, you're all saying, no, I hope he's not done with you, Pastor John, because you need a lot more work. It's the progressive patterning of a person's inner and outer life according to the image of Christ Through intentional means of spiritual growth You have to choose it You have to choose to say no You have to make up your mind that you want to do that, right? It's amazing how we make up our mind to do all kinds of other things Just, I'm going to do this I'm going to make this trip I'm going to buy this object I'm going to do that I'm going to do that That's going to be my new hobby Whatever we just, Bam, boom, we go Whole hog how come we can't do that? We can. We can. So that's spiritual formation. It is a, it's a progressive growing. And long time ago, I did a little chart for you on the screen. Remember that little growth chart? You have your ups and downs. And I'm not showing that to you today. i got to stay on target and get out on time. Let me say something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back now because at the end of last week's message... I had a brother come up and say, you left out the best part of the message. And I'm like, how do you know you didn't hear it? But anyway, because I didn't say it. But he was looking at the verses, and he was right. I mentioned last week when I, I talked about The Normal Christian Life, which is the title of um, a book by Watchman Nee, a brother in China. Uh, lived early on through the 20s, 30s, 40s, all that. And uh, wrote this book called The Normal Christian Life and gave a little primer, if you will, How to live it, how to press into it. This metanoia thing, this I changed my mind, this saying no, this getting self control into my life, not always as easy as it sounds. Understood. So I'm hoping that today what I might leave with you is just something a little bit helpful if you'll lay hold of it, but it won't do you any good if you don't use it. Three little steps. The first one is critical. You have to decide that what you're struggling with really is wrong. I call this in counseling for 35 years or so. I used to call this problem sympathy. You know what I mean by sympathy? I've got an inner, ooh, you know, Lord, I really want to give this up. Mostly. Mostly. You know, I, I want to stop looking at these dirty pictures. But they feel so good. Mm. Anybody relate? Well, I, yeah, it, 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 boy, it doesn't matter which sex you are either today. It really doesn't. Whatever the issue is. But fill in the blank. My addictive behavior, my my, my addiction to tobacco, wh- whatever it is. I, I really want to get, oh. And we know chemically even, like with certain things, there are, there are you know things released in your, in your body that just add to the pressure, the physical pressure. Of, you have to make up your mind, this is killing me. This is wrong. This is the path of death versus the path of life. You've got to make up your mind. And what do you do? When you finally make up your mind that it's wrong, there's only one thing to do. Kill it. This is where we miss it. My awareness of five years at Harmony, I'm telling you the idea of mortification. Anybody ever hear that word? That's an old word in theological terms. Mortification. The putting to death of your flesh is really not on most of our radar. And it's it's the normal Christian life, which explains why we're often not experiencing it. Mortification. Mortification. So here's the verses that um, um, Watchman Nee had put. So three steps. If those of you want to write on your notes where you have a note place on the back, your bulletin at the very bottom, you should have enough room to decide it's really wrong, kill it. Stop that. (laughs) Is that air conditioning coming on? That's weird. Huh? Or the heat? I don't know what it is. That's okay. We can ignore it. Turned off or I see... I have the word of authority right there. I just turned it off. Yeah, stop. Anyway, decide it's really wrong. Die to the sympathy. Kill it. You can do that through the power of the cross. And then the last step is I have to choose lordship so that I can rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. So last week I had this uh, fill-in blank. And Victor, I don't know if he's here today. He asked me, what, were the, what was the uh, fill in there, the H-T? I had H-T, and I thought, boy, I couldn't remember. <laughs> it, was, it was either um, the holiness tradition, because different backgrounds, you know, there are different traditions within the Church of Jesus, and the holiness people, Wesleyan, some Methodist, stuff like that, they used to teach you could even get to the point where you don't want to sin at all, Ever. As in sinless perfection Which, by the way, if anyone's wondering if that's true, it's not So, but you can get to where your general demeanor is I am sold out to the lordship of Jesus Whatever he says, I want to try to do it Does But you're not going to be perfect, you're going to stumble I found out that I stumbled even, like, yesterday You understand, we all do Right? So we, there's no such thing as sinless perfection this side of glory. But there is something that they bring to the table about mortification, putting to death the deeds of the flesh, that does work and does help. So, or it could have been a help text, but the answer was simple it was how to. How to? How do I move forward with this thing called metanoia? I changed my mind. So here are the three verses. Let me show you this. One, you've got to know this is true on your behalf. And this is in Romans, the sixth chapter. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. How hard is that, right? Now, there's two things going on here. One... There's a spiritual reality that happened at the cross. Do you realize that you were nailed to the cross with Jesus 2,000 years ago? Do you understand that? In terms of what he did for us, the legal transaction. We were buried with him, and we're going to look at that verse 2. We died with him. Historically, that has already happened. So in the spiritual realm, that reality is set. Now, what we have to get into us is that the body of our, our sinful inclinations, the flesh, those are the inclinations that are wired into our brain that go in the wrong direction, that those be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because the person who's died is freed. <laughs> you know what? Here's the picture. If there is someone who's gone, you go up and talk to them. If they respond, you faint. The point is, if my old man is dead, it is in the sight of God, but I've got to apply it. If I consider myself to be dead, there's no response when sin comes up and tempts me. Someone comes up to my casket and says, Don't you want to just get that guy one more time? No response. Because I'm dead. Which leads right into the next one. A little further on in the chapter. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead. This is called the cowboy verse. I learned this 45 years ago. Because in the King James it says, Reckon yourself. (laughs) Even so, reckon yourselves dead. That's right. It's the cowboy verse. Consider yourselves. Reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God. Make a choice. Just say, no, I'm dead to that and I'm alive to God. When Watchman Nee taught it, he said, first you have to know, you have to know that this is real, that what happened on the cross applies to you, that it really works. Number one, you got to know it. That's why God reveals so much to us so that we know it because the word of God is power in our lives, is it not? The sword of the spirit. We're not not fighting anybody because we don't even know we're already knocked down and trampled by the enemy. And by sin. You don't even see it. Knowing this, our old self was crucified. Next, consider yourself. Reckon. There's got to be a reckoning, a choice. Consider yourself to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, one more thing. You have to present. That's what Watchman Nee says, but I think they're all interrelated. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lust. Do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Here's what we should do: present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness. Somewhere else in Romans, he says, right, chapter twelve, have this: uh, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Remember, the same idea. One, know what Jesus already did for you. It's settled. Number two, reckon yourself. Just Just say no. Choose to die to that old habit. I'm dealing with a, a family member where I'm continually, continually having to coach them. Die. I don't mean physically. Obviously, Oh, they're talking about me over here. They're saying this. They're saying, just die. If you die, it doesn't matter what they're saying because you're in the casket. They can be screaming in your ear. We're gossiping all over town about you. Who cares? I'm dead. Reckon yourselves dead already to sin and alive to God. And then present your body, present your life available for the use of God. That's why we're here. We're not our own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your Bible. You know, you're all laughing, but right? We're so freaking worried about what everybody else thinks. They got it wrong. That is the one who has it right. That's the only one. And when you're dead, you can respond to that the right way. God, all that matters is what? You know who's one of my heroes? Um, Mr. Darcy in um, Pride and Prejudice. Remember Mr. Darcy? I love him. Me too. And nothing odd, just I love him, you know. And uh, here's Why? All through the, if you haven't seen it, you really ought to get out. Well, I'll even pay your ticket to go. To, you know, can get it on DVD or stream it or whatever. But uh, Pride and Prejudice, he's totally misjudged. People are talking about him, trashing him. He's such a creep. In fact, the chick who ends up falling in love with him is trashing him. And he keeps his mouth shut. He just looks like this sad and tragic figure because probably he's thinking about how alive to sin all you jerks are but anyway he keeps his mouth shut the whole time and then at the end you find out he's the hero just die die
3: die die die
5: and then present and here's the last one kind of circles back Romans chapter 6, 4, we always teach this during baptism classes. Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might what? What does it say, class? You can read, walk in newness of life. How do I walk in the... That's what Watchman was saying at the end. By the way, it doesn't matter what he says. It's what the Scripture says. We can walk in newness of life. Because I recognize what God did for me on the cross. That settles it. That's how I walk. Uh, If I can walk with the Lord and walk in freedom, it's because I know that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from everything I come clean about. So it doesn't matter what it is, up to this moment, if I come clean with God, I'm free to keep going. I'm free. My conscience is clear. I make sure I'm still dead because once in a while I do try to climb out of that casket. I got to tell you, it does happen on occasion. I put it back to death and then I reckon myself dead to sin, alive to God. Here's my body. Here's my life available. Whatever you want to do with me, I'll do it. Which, by the way, I'm just going to be blunt. I think that's normal Christianity. Yes, Lord. What's the question? Yes, Lord. What's it? What do you want me to do? He's not going to ask you to walk on water unless he gives you the miraculous power of walking on water. Isn't that cool? You don't have to pull that off today. I know you were worried about that, right? So we always we're always borrowing trouble. All oh, he's going to ask me to do is going to take the first step. Reckon what God has done for you. You're dead in Christ. Claim it. Consider yourself dead to sin, alive to God, present yourself available to God, and then walk in newness of life. That's the simple, Holy Spirit-filled life that is your birthright as a child of God. It's your birthright. When you're walking in the Spirit, there's these weird things that happen, like love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness. goodness, Oh, self-control. There we are again, such a fanatic. We too might walk in newness of life. That's what he had in mind. I remember a story about a missionary. I'm going to close here in a minute. They went to a a foreign land that had a very violent people that they were trying to reach. And people said, why are you going there? Don't, Don't you recognize that you're here? You may get killed trying to reach this people. And the missionary's response was, we died before we left. There are promises to claim. These are promises. These, these are jewels of power available for the saint. But how do we walk in this world? As believers, we walk by faith and not by sight. They're claimed by faith. They're not claimed by laying down, not acting, not pressing in and expecting God to quicken something into your life. Claim your promises that you're dead and alive. Both of those are promises available for you. We walk by faith and not by sight. Let me give an example, and I don't know if this will be helpful or not. It's kind of on a different subject, but all through my experience as a, as a believer in Jesus since 1971... There have been different portions of the Scripture, and maybe you've experienced some of this, that the Holy Spirit grabs something and shoves it right in your face. You know what I mean? And you go, and you know God is speaking to you. He's telling you either to fix something or He's telling you, I'm going to help you with this. I'm going to be on your team. So this is going to sound a little odd. Years ago, I was out in Tucson, Arizona pastoring, and... I was encountering a number of people with some demonic bondages in their lives I mean, that were clearly manifesting. They're all around us, by the way, but we just keep it all civilized so we don't always see what's going on. But in this case, we were praying with this person who had allowed themselves, even though a professing believer, and I think was a believer, had really sought out some of the more occult and weird religious stuff that was going on in the country back in the 70s and 80s. And uh, as we were praying together, all of a sudden that person started to fade out and a different person started to manifest. No, no, no. As I was praying, thank you, Jesus, that you have died on our behalf. You've been raised from the dead, that you're seated in the heavenlies, that your foot has crushed the head of Satan and all these other truths. This person went, "No!" grabbed this glass ashtray, threw it at me, and I caught it in my hip. And later, God freed her up and things went well. But I went home with a very thoughtful mind. No more glass ashtrays in the room. That was almost it. And what was in my mind was I know I'm not the best looking guy, so if you want to rearrange my face, that's okay. But if there's a way to avoid that, I would really appreciate it, Lord. In other words, that made me nervous. The Lord led me to Psalm 91, and I understand that Psalm 91 is primarily a promise to the Messiah, but there's a great line in that, and you're all wondering, what's Psalm 91? He shall give his angels charge concerning you, to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands, lest you strike your foot against the stone. The young lion and the adder, the cobra, will attack, but you'll trample them down. It's it's all in there. I read that, and I went, whoa, and the Spirit quickened me, and I said, okay, God, I believe angelic ministers are available to us. I'm asking you to put some on duty so I don't get my face rearranged or killed or anything else. And you know what? I had multiple experiences like that later where the person was literally held in their chair and could not move. God quickened that to me, and I chose to own it. And there are promises like we talked about today that he wants you to own. It's up to you, though. By faith. By faith. By faith, we lay hold of the promises, and you can as well. I'm going to ask us to pray. I'm going to ask that you stand as we close. And if you want to learn how to just say no, I want to encourage you to put a stake in the ground, claim it by faith, and uh, get somebody up here to pray with you. We have elders available, I'm available, we'd love to help you on your journey. If you don't know what it means to know Jesus, we'll help you with that as well. Let's pray together. I want to thank you, God, for strengthening me for this morning. I don't know where everyone else is at today, whether they've got major hurdles and concerns on their mind, but I'm praying that they would see that you love and care about them. And you've been trying to pursue them like the song that we sang. Sometimes you're pursuing us and we're running as fast as we can the other direction. But Lord, I know that there are people probably tired of running. And I pray that they would let you catch up to them, tackle them, heal them, do a work in them. And for my brothers and sisters here at Harmony, Lord, we want to see an expansion of the normal Christian life. The walking in the Spirit the walk of transformation that we so desperately need. We need, Lord, your Holy Spirit to continue to strive with us. Well, thank you, God. Remind everyone who made a commitment to pray for a visitation of your Spirit to continue to knock on your door because you said knock and it'll be opened. I'm praying that they would knock, that we would knock, and that you would open, Lord Jesus. Help us today, we pray. Put your angels around my people. Keep them safe in this week. In the great name of Jesus, I pray for your help today. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Feel free to come up and pray if you need to.